And I took the class and I started auditioning the next day. And within a week, I had my first voiceover job. I was like, wow, okay, great. So I just kept doing this over and over again. And just after a, after like a month, I already had like 10 voiceover gigs under my belt. So I was, it wasn't big money, but it was money. And I'm like, you know, I think I can really kind of do this. So within a couple of weeks, I upgraded to the next level of, of microphone and I said, okay, let me take this seriously. And after four months, I had made over twelve thousand uh, dollars, and wow. I had gotten 30, 30 voiceover jobs under my belt. Welcome to become a media maven. This is one of my favorite episodes that I have recorded in a while, and I feel like this is a topic that a lot of people know about, but not a lot of people talk about. And it's actually about talking. <laughs> I'm chatting with Sylvia Longmire. I know Sylvia because we are both part of the O Mag Insiders group. That is Oprah Magazine Insiders. And she recently started posting over quarantine about how she has become a voiceover actress. And she is breaking it down step by step. So if this is something you've even considered or it's ever crossed your mind, you are going to love what she is sharing in this episode. She doesn't hold anything back. She talks about how she got started, how she made $12,000 in the first four months of working, how she found the job so you can find them too, and how she started investing back into this business so she's making even more money and getting more gigs. So you will love, 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 love this episode with Sylvia Longmire. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Sylvia, welcome to the Become a Media Maven podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you. We've known each other. We've never met in person. I mean, much like most people nowadays, we've never yes. met in person. We know each other online. Um, we are both OMAG insiders, and that's how we have become acquainted. And you are um, super niched. You yes. blog and write and share stories and have become an advocate for people with mobile disabilities. So kind of share your story real quick before we get into this amazing new side hustle turned job turned amazing thing we're going to chat about today. Uh, sure. Uh, I've been traveling my entire life. I traveled uh, while I was in the Air Force as well, but I was medically retired in 2005 after getting diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And I was married for 10 years. I didn't do much traveling. And then I got divorced about five and a half years ago. And one way to, to heal from that experience was to get back to traveling. But the difference is that now I was using a wheelchair as a result of uh, my multiple sclerosis, which affected my ability to walk. So I started doing the research and it's really it was really hard, even just five or six years ago, to find information to allow someone who can't walk or uses a mobility device of any sort to find the accommodations and the travel methods to travel safely. So once I started to do it and, and gain some confidence doing it, I'm like, hey, I've been writing as a professional for over a decade about border security and the drug war in Mexico. And I've written a couple books. I'm like, why can't I, I start a blog about this and, and write about my experiences? So that's how my Spin the Globe blog started uh, about four years ago. So ever since then, I've been writing and I've written some books. I have some photography books uh, about accessibility. And I've 
been to now 49 countries as a wheelchair user and 35 of those by myself. That's amazing. I love how niched it is. That's a problem a lot of people have in the blogging community is niching down. And you, I mean, I don't think you could niche down further. Is there anybody else doing what what you do? Yeah, actually, there's a really good community of us. Uh, we all know each other. It's a it's a pretty small world, but there are so many wheelchair users who travel. Just they're just not writing about it in the sense that we are that we have like a structured formal blog and social media accounts and things to go along with it. Uh, and there are a few of us that are kind of. I don't want to say the top of the food chain because that doesn't really sound very nice, but that have the, the, the largest the largest followings as far as readership and 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 social media followings and everything. And we're competitors, but we're also friends, and we all have different uh, strengths as far as as what we do. Uh, some of our, our writing styles are a little bit different, but it's good in the sense that it's ultimately while our one of our goals obviously is to be financially independent and and run our business and and things like that and grow our our following but our our highest goal is to provide the best information we can for our community as a whole as wheelchair users and the three of us and or the four of us the five of us bring all that varied information to make uh, and encourage more people to to travel who have disabilities that have that fear, uh, the fear of the unknown, the fear of getting injured, the fear that they're they're not going to be able to do what they want to do. So, uh, so ultimately, it's just it's a really strong, uh, vibrant community. I love that. And I saw a few months ago. I don't know if it was on your personal page or maybe it was in our OMAG Insiders Facebook group. But a few months ago, you posted something about you doing some voiceover work, yep. and you shared a reel, a voiceover reel, and I listened to it and I was like, oh my gosh, like this woman's voice is amazing and. I'll tell you why I was so impressed. My background is as a TV reporter and anchor. And when I worked in Fort Myers, Florida, so two markets ago, I was told that I would never be an anchor. I would only be a reporter because my voice was too high and I sounded like a little girl. So they got me a voice coach and this is how I talk normally. But when I would read a script, I would have to bring it down here and I would speak like this and I would make my voice a lot deeper when I would speak. And I guess that's where the news anchor voice comes into play. And it was something that I I learned how to do. It wasn't comfortable. It wasn't natural. But when the camera was on, my voice would just go down lower like this. And um, at that station, I would go in on the weekends and I would practice anchoring and I would show them my tapes. And I, I still want to anchor, and it's funny because then I moved to a bigger market in Miami, and they were like, "Yeah, we'll let you anchor. Get up on the anchor desk." And one of the the long time, the long time reporters, his name's Hank Tester. He's been a reporter in the market for like forty years or something crazy. He told me one day, he said, "I love your voice. It's so." It's so natural, and I just love the way you speak. And I was like, huh, it's just so interesting how one person in a small market will tell you, oh, your voice is terrible. You're never going to do this. And then you go to a bigger market, and they like it. That's just how the TV industry is in general. So anyway, long story short, my voice has always been a contentious topic (laughs) because some people hated it, and then some people thought it was good enough to sit at the anchor desk. So I want to know everything about how you got into becoming a voiceover actress, like where you start. I mean, how did it even like come into play? 
Well, it's one, I'm one of those crazy COVID-19 quarantine success stories. Um, it's so funny. I don't know if you're, you're on Clubhouse, but I, I joined Clubhouse, I guess, about a month ago. And there we have a couple of disability groups. And we started talking about, uh, because the, the pandemic has been negative in so many ways for so many people. And obviously, uh, tragically, for the, for the loss of life. And my own parents uh, were hospitalized because of COVID. So it's been a difficult road. But there have been some success stories for a lot of people. Now, to be fair, I have a background in TV in the sense that I've done uh, cable news uh, as an analyst on the drug war. So I've been in front of the camera for a really, really long time. I'm also a public speaker. So I've been I've spoken in front of audiences of hundreds, uh, over a thousand people. And I'm, I'm just very comfortable in front of a, a microphone, the camera. So talking has never been a problem for me. Now, I started pitching uh, uh, like a reality, like a docu-series for television about my travel uh, based on going around the world alone and not so much just a camera following me around showing me going to the Eiffel Tower or whatever. It was focused mainly on my interactions with people and the the fun experiences, the not-so-fun experiences, but just a, a, a travel show with a twist, if you will. So I was already in the process of getting a talent agent for my screen work here in Orlando. And they were just kind of on the bubble to sign me. And before they signed me, they wanted me to get more acting lessons because even though I was really great in the the news sense or the reality sense of being on TV, they wanted to know that I could actually be somebody else other than than myself and and be a host. Uh, and I'm like, well, I've I've never acted before. I'm, maybe I'll be good at it. Maybe I won't. But they wanted to know before they signed my name to the dotted line. So around June, there's a really, really great acting studio here in Orlando. Because Orlando, a lot of people think Hollywood when they think of, you know, Hollywood or New York when they think of TV. But Orlando is like the center for commercial work. So there are a ton of talent agencies here, and you also have the theme parks. So commercials for Disney, for Nickelodeon, for Universal, and, and for a lot of tourism stuff happens here in Florida. So you have a lot of acting studios. So the acting studio was offering a course on uh, auditions. So I said, okay, great. And it was you know basic acting stuff. It wasn't like a really in-depth acting thing, but how to uh, prepare and, and record auditions and things. So after taking that class, that that studio was also offering, and all of this is virtual, which was great. So that studio was also offering a, a voiceover class, and it it was only like really like a seminar. It was only four hours, but it was an intro to voice acting. I'm like, hey, I'm not doing anything and all anything else. Like, let's give it a try. So I ordered a ninety nine dollar kit from Amazon that included like this cheapy microphone cheapy headphones and a boom, which I still actually use the boom right now, which a much more, much more expensive microphone and much more expensive headphones, but the boom is still the same. Um, and it's like $99 investment, a hundred and some dollars for the class. Let me see if it works. So I took the class, learned some basics on how to edit the audio, which I already kind of knew how to do from my work with video and doing some other things. And I signed up for what they call a pay-to-play site where you pay a membership fee and you put together a profile and you start getting audition opportunities and all of this is ver all of this is online. 
And I took the class and I started auditioning the next day. And within a week, I had my first voiceover job. I was like, wow, okay, great. So I just kept doing this over and over again. And just after a, after like a month, I already had like 10 voiceover gigs under my belt. So I was, it wasn't big money, but it was money. And I'm like, you know, I think I can really kind of do this. So within a couple of weeks, I upgraded to the next level of, of microphone and I said, okay, let me take this seriously. And after four months, I had made over $12,000. Uh, and wow. I had gotten 30, 30 voiceover jobs under my belt. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, and I, I continued to get coaching. I continued to get training. Um, I attended uh, a couple of virtual conferences and, and started to uh, meet other people in the business and, and, and get that kind of learning. I started signing up for what they call voiceover intensives, where it's just two sessions with either a talent agent or a casting director where you read copy and they give you feedback. And, but it's not just that you're also establishing connections with people in the business to help you get an agent and casting directors will think of you when they come across auditioning opportunities. So it's not just having the voice. You also have to manage it from the business perspective and networking. And it's it's a whole business thing. And I've started seven businesses already in the past like 10 years. So that part for me was uh, and the marketing as, as a social media person. And I mean, you know, this is that to build that business, you have to know marketing and, and emails and networking and stuff. And uh, so it's it's been really great for me in the sense that I have experience from other aspects of my life before getting into voice acting last June. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I am right now. And now I, I actually just created a new demo that I just got only a few days ago. That one's 10 times better than the one you heard. Uh, so now I'm using that to uh, to pitch agents and, and hopefully I'll, I'll get a voice agent uh, sooner rather than later. So that's where I am right now. I love that you're doing all of this without an agent. I can say, honestly, a lot of the work that I get is work not from an agent, but work that they're they're called direct bookings. And it's all just because of my connections. And it's those connections yeah. because of, like you said, being active on social media and doing that networking. And you really are wearing lots of hats. If you just get yourself an agent, it's not going to work for you because a lot no. of agents will take on anybody. That's number one. Like having an agent, I don't want to say it's not impressive because that sounds like a shady thing to say, but you could literally, and in the state of Florida, you can have lots of agents at once. So you could yes. literally get five agents and you could not have one call you for years because yep. I mean, they'll just take anybody. So you really do have to wear all of the hats, the sales hat, the marketing hat, the talent hat, I and mean, yes. everything everything. And a lot of people aren't willing to do that, but you did. Tell me, uh, what is that pay to play site? Because I know people listening are wondering. Sure. There are several, actually. Uh, the biggest one is uh, voices.com. Uh, okay. And that one comes, and, uh, to be perfectly, you know, up, up front, that one comes with some controversy because of their pay structure. They take a really, really huge cut out mm. of the job. And a lot of people will explain that um, you have a, a production company that will outsource the, the voiceover job to voices and they will outsource that or, or publicize that on different forums. And if they were to give that job to you directly, like through an agent, you would probably get paid a lot more than if you auditioned for it and got it. And it's also a cattle call. You could have 100, 150 auditions for just the one job. However, it's a good entry point 
if you don't have the agent, if you're not getting any replies to cold calls to for um, for casting directors or for production companies, and it's a way to get your foot in the door. And if it's the hustle, you know what I mean? It's 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 just like going if you live in L.A. and you're going to 100 auditions and maybe you get one acting job. That's it's one way to get the work. So I, I've seen success with it. Some people haven't. So just to you know, be upfront that that's how that works. Another one that people actually like more is Voices One Two Three or is uh, Voice One Two Three dot com. Uh, there's one that's more European based, but as far and it doesn't offer as many jobs. But as far as ethics go, is really kind of the top of the line, and that one's called Bodalgo B O D A L G O. Uh, and then there's Vo Planet. Dot com. Those are those are the four that I use the most. And there are some other ones out there. Um, some people use Fiverr, but that's looked down upon kind of in the industry because they don't it, it pays pennies. But some people really like it. Um, so there are a lot of opportunities out there to get those first jobs under your belt. Uh, and they're viewed with different levels of, of respect or uh, notoriety within the voiceover community. So just do your homework and get in a Facebook group for voiceovers. There are so many of them. I must be a member of at least five or six voiceover groups on Facebook. And you'll kind of get a feel for what the different platforms are and how different voiceover uh, talents uh, who have been in the industry for a long time feel about each one of them. Perfect. I'm going to link to those four that you mentioned in the show notes for this episode. Talk to me about your demo reel. I mean, very similar in TV. That's how you get your jobs. You need a demo reel. Um, Your demo reel, it's not video, it's just audio. So talk to me about what it looks like, how you put it together, and what people are looking for. Because I assume that's what you use to apply for these jobs. Yes. And there's some controversy about that as well. Because I, the demo reel that, that you saw, I made myself. And there are so many people in the voiceover industry that will tell you that you should never, ever, ever, ever make your own demo reel. And I understand where they're coming from because the majority of people in voiceover don't have uh, the audio engineering experience and don't know where to find the the scripts because the scripts need to be current and you need to understand what the trends are in voiceover and a good voice coach and a good voiceover producer will know those things. So for the purpose of getting a solid profile put together for one of those pay to play sites, I would say if you have the audio engineering experience working with a a program like um, Adobe Audition or Audacity and you know how to put together the music and the clips and if you're really good, you know, voice actor, you can do that as a start, which is what I did and what other voice actors that I know have done just to get started. But I knew that if I wanted to get serious about getting an agent, I needed to invest in a good demo by a good producer. And that's what I did. Not everybody can afford to do that because a really good voiceover demo can cost anywhere from $1,000 to $3,000. And mine was kind of at the upper end. But I also decided to go with like one of the top demo producers in the world. And I coached, I did four coaching sessions with him. I did a package of five, but he decided after four that I was ready to go. And then we, we did the, we recorded the demo. Now working with him, uh, he creates custom scripts and a good demo producer will ask you what kind of products do you like what kind of services do you like so my demo has uh, clips from uh, lucky jeans 
from MAC Cosmetics, from Southwest Airlines. These are all products that I use, and they do that because they know that when you talk about them, it'll be authentic because you have a genuine passion for these products. Uh, Canon Camera, that was another one. So they have their fingers on the pulse of what... Uh, there, what's out there in the market, what talent agents and, and casting directors are seeing come across their desks as far as voiceover jobs. They're also familiar with the tone. I, one of the most challenging, because I'm a very animated person and I'm really good at the believable conversational. That's the biggest trend right now is people want to hear commercials where you're just kind of talking to them. And a lot of like radio personalities and announcers have trouble with that because they're always talking like this and now introducing blah, 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 blah. And that's not the thing anymore. People just want to, yeah, yeah, this camera takes really good photos and you can take it on vacation with you anywhere you go. And it's also small, so you can pack it in your purse or pack it in your backpack. Like that's the, that's the tone that's, that's popular now. But the most challenging thing now is the millennial board where it sounds like you're on Xanax and yeah, you're just talking like this. And it's a great place to go. And you can just stick it in your backpack. That And that that's the thing. And it blows my mind. But I have a, I have a clip on there for that. So the, a good producer will know all of these things. And, and really, you get what you pay for. So we recorded it back in December. And uh, I got it a few days ago. And it's just, it's, it's phenomenal. It just kind of blows my mind because they put the music and the sound effects. And, and they do all of that work. And uh so, yeah, it's it's an investment, but it's just like in any other business and especially in in show business with a production reel and with acting classes and headshots are expensive. It's the same thing for on screen. You, you, you got to be ready to make that investment and you get what you pay for. And I've talked about that at length on a variety of episodes on this podcast because that is something that I was afraid to do when I started my business six years ago was invest in it because at the very beginning, you're not making money. But you're not making money because you're not investing in yeah. the things you need to invest the, in to make money. It's that catch-22, yeah. Yeah, it's like the chicken or the egg. And yeah. it's a scary thing, but it's something you have to do. Yeah. And I tell I, I, I tell people, like, that's what lights a fire under yeah. your ass. It's like when I um, bought my um, – it's a membership. I was going to say subscription I'm in online business. When I bought my membership to Pure Bar – I paid for six months at once because I needed to be invested and I don't want to waste my money. So if I pay yep. for six months at once, I have to go for yep. at least six months or I'm wasting my money. That's the and ballet that's, fitness, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And it I'm is like, hard. Oh yes. my God. It's hard. <laughs> yes. I'm kind of thankful for COVID. It's like, oh, I can take a break. I don't have to go now. Um, but I will go back. I will go back when it's safe. Um, safer, I should say. So I, I love that you invested. And by the time you invested, I mean, it, you were just taking that money out of your profits because by that yep. point, you, you made a lot of money already. Yeah. And I had made some money definitely. And I'm also very aware of my financial privilege. Uh, I have a disability pension and I also have other businesses. I still write. I write for American Military University on drug war stuff and we do podcasts. Uh, my travel agency hasn't made any money, but I'm still have, I still have income coming from other sources that I was able to fund this and say, hey, if it doesn't work, I'm out a few hundred dollars. Well, especially now in COVID times, a few hundred dollars means a rent payment or electricity bill or food on the table. So I, you know, I need to acknowledge my, my privilege in that sense. And a lot of people in the voice industry are trying to get into voice acting, are, are working moms who still have to take care of their kids and don't have the time that I have 
because I work from home already where I can do 10 or 20 auditions in a day. And some people can only work on the weekends or uh, at nights. Uh, sometimes it's loud in their house and they have to wait till the kids go to sleep. So uh, I'm I'm definitely in a, pos- a, a very fortunate position. But um, but yeah, it, whether it's it's waiting tables or um, doing customer service over the telephone or just doing that hustle to make that money. And, and we've seen it with how many how many kids are in, in Hollywood right now, uh, you know, bussing tables or doing whatever they have to do or, or babysitting, you know, to make that money to invest in headshots. It's really the same thing. And I always tell people too, I've mentioned it on the podcast, you have to start the side hustle while you're already making money because you don't want that stress of like, this is all or nothing. And I know people like the all or nothing. They say that's what lights a fire under their ass, but that is stressful. Like if you, if if you are not independently wealthy, like you got to make money. So, I mean, when I started my business for six months, I was working before work. I was working after work. I was working on the weekends. So I love that you used this as an additional income stream. And then, hey, if it ends up beating your other ones, then cool. It's that that's like a, the side hustle turned business turned yeah. like full-time gig, which is yeah. what a lot of people want. Um, question about the demo and the auditions. So at what point do you do an audition where maybe you read what they want you to read versus here's my reel, hire me off of my reel. Cause you can hear what I sound like here. Sure. Is there a balance? Do you always have to audition and yes. read what, what they want you to read or is the demo good enough? No, no, no. The, for, especially for the online sites. And when you start getting stuff in from production houses, every, every audition is a custom audition every now and then they don't really know what they're w- looking for. And they'll say, okay, just upload your, your demo for this particular genre and that's it. But that's very rare. So that's why you have to be good at doing your own audio editing and be proficient with a program like Audacity or Adobe Audition or Twisted Wave or uh, there, there's a Reaper. There's so many different uh, audition, different audio programs. But if I go on a pay-to-play site and now I've done it so much that I can do an audition in five minutes, uh, you will get a script, a sample script, and you will read maybe, I don't do any more than 10 or 15 seconds. Some people will do longer. So I'll get an audition script and let's say it's for, you know, for a pharmaceutical product or whatever. And you'll read 10 or 15 minutes like, you know, try, uh, you know, try Elytra. It's really great for headaches and minimal side effects. And if you're having a really hard day, blah, 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 blah. OK, so I do 10 or 15 seconds of that. Then I go in, I edit it. I take out all the the plosives. I take out the breath sounds. Uh, I take out any crackles because I'm a really mouthy person. So I have a lot of pops and crackles <laughs> when I talk. And so I do all that editing and make it a clean audio. And I upload that into the into the the system along with a proposal saying, you know, these are these are my rules in addition with the submission with my with my pitch or I should say uh, with my bid for you know, they'll say that they're uh, their budget is between say a hundred and $250. So I'm going to ask for $200 for this particular job. And with that comes two free rounds of edits. Uh, also, if you want this translated into Spanish, I can do that for an additional fee. I can do a 24 hour turnaround. So you'll say basically what services you'll provide for them in addition to, uh, the, the actual recording. Uh, and then you submit that custom audition for that job. Now, some of the jobs they will just ask you, uh, give us what they call it, what they call an ABC or you know a three take, which is do this script. Let's say it's for a thirty second commercial. 
give us three recordings three different ways and then they can Frankenstein pieces of it or use the one of the three that they like the most and that's it. Other ones, they want to do a live recording. And that's where stuff starts to get a little more expensive because sometimes, uh, and you'll have people on, like a lot of times it's through Zoom or Google Meet, where you will have sometimes the client, always the producers on with you, and you will record live with them. And they will give you very specific direction on how to change the tone or the speed or, or whatever it is while you're recording. And sometimes you'll record it at, on your own computer and send them the audio. Sometimes you'll edit it. Sometimes they'll edit it. And then really kind of the top of the line is using a program called Source Connect, which connects all of your equipment in your home studio to their studio at the far end. So they're recording it. And then they do all the editing, which is my favorite thing to do because I don't have the editing is the hardest and most time intensive part. I just talk and they do all the work and get rid of all the all the garbage noise or whatever that's on there, which if you're good at what you do, there's not a lot to edit. Um but Source Connect is expensive. Again, another business investment that you have to make. But when uh, producers see that you have Source Connect in your profile, like that makes you very, very favorable because it, it sometimes they will only offer higher paying jobs because you have Source Connect. Um, so that's that's kind of part of the business. But every I would say that probably 97% of audition opportunities, especially through pay to play, it's custom and you have to record the audition for every single every single job. Okay, I will link to Source Connect in yes. the show notes for this episode as well, since you mentioned okay. that. Yeah. So then what's the purpose of, of the demo? The demo is basically a it's it's like a business card. So yeah. when when you are pitching to agents and pitching to casting directors and to production companies, to local businesses, uh, like let's say that there's a uh, let's say that there's a, a car dealership. Right. And this is you know, you, you hear commercials for car dealerships on the radio all the time. So let's say there's a big car dealership in your city and you heard that they are responsible for hiring the talent, which usually it's. It's not common. Usually they hire a production company to do it, but this is just hypothetical. And you want to reach out to them and say, hey, I'm a local voice actor, local business. Uh, I'm bilingual. I speak English and Spanish. Uh, I have um, I've booked the, you know, these jobs. I've worked with other car companies before, and I would love to work with you on your next advertising campaign. So then, boom, you attach your MP3 for your demo, which hopefully would include a car commercial if it doesn't it doesn't but just to give you give them an idea of what you can do and then boom that's what your demo does uh also like i'm in the process of pitching talent agents i actually got a, a response from one just like um, right before i called you and i'm like yay, yay! gotta email them back with my spanish demo uh and when you're pitching to talent agents you have to have that you have to send them the demo. That's what they want to hear. And ideally, that demo will have five or six or seven different clips of totally different styles, different. Like I have some that are, again, conversational, some that are more da, da, da. like, you know, I have I do one for a for a kid's toy on Amazon. That's like super like uh, like it. there's so much sugar in it. It makes my teeth hurt. But that's the kind of thing that you do. <laughs> Um, so it they you want it to showcase what you're capable of and what you can realistically produce. And that's really what the demo is for. I call my hosting real. I said that's like a resume. Like most people exactly. have their yes. resumes when you are and it's it's the same, you know, in 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 audio as it is in video. 
that's your resume. Like we don't do paper resumes. We do videos. And I remember in college, this makes me sound so old. It's embarrassing. But I remember in college, I had a DVD and a VCR, like with a VHS. And I would put one in, press play, put the other one in, press press record. And that's how I applied for TV jobs. Now, obviously, you upload the damn thing to YouTube and you share a link or you just embed it on your website. That's what I have on on my media page. It's just embedded on my site. But good God, I mean, it was was expensive trying to get a TV job out of college. It was like $2 and some cents every time I sent out a VHS to a news director. Like that sounds ridiculous. I doubt my kids even know what a VHS (laughs) is. But that is how mommy got started. They know what beta is. (laughs) (laughs) Um. This has been amazing. I love this episode just because this is something we have never chatted about that I'm sure a lot of people are interested in, but it's just one of those things that you know it exists and you think yeah. maybe you want to do it because in a sense, it's easy to do because you can do it from home by yourself with the equipment and you can pay somebody to do, like you said, the editing and some of the other things. Like you can do it yourself inexpensively and and you did. It's just a matter of knowing what to do. So if people want to find out more, where can they find out resources? You know, like like what what, what did you look for when you were starting to to get more information? I mean, obviously we're going to share your website, your Facebook and your Instagram, but is there anywhere else people should look to learn more about this? Well, I have a few uh, blog posts on my my voiceover website, but really just there's so many really great articles out there on how to become a voice talent. Uh, there are uh, a couple of websites that are kind of organizations that do a lot of training and provide a lot of that in, uh, beginner information. Uh, one of my favorite websites, it's called Gravy for the Brain, uh, GFTV, Gravy for the Brain. They're based out of the United Kingdom, but they have uh, a whole kind of American division. And they offer so much free information on just how to get started in voiceover, uh, how to how to train, how to get equipment, all the basic stuff that you need to know. And the then f- for the U.S., there, uh, it's I guess it's U.S.-based, but it's global, GVAA, which is is the Global Voice Acting Academy. And they offer, and both of them have memberships, but you can get a lot of information from their sites without paying anything. And the Global Voice Acting Academy, what's really great about them is that not only do they offer all of that beginner information, but for free, they also have a really great uh, page on their site for how much to charge. Uh, so you know what you're worth as a voice actor. So if somebody asks you, okay, you uh, we're offering a 30-second commercial that's going to be on regional television and it's going to be for three months, then you know how much to ask for when you put in a bid. So uh, things like that. So those are the two big websites and organizations that I would recommend for that information on how to get started. And then where can we find your reel? Do you have, um, you have a website and, and we can I watch do. it? Because now I want to see your new one with your fancy editing. Uh, sure. It's a, uh, well, my, my main website is wheels up media. Cause you know, wheels, I got to throw in the wheelchair in there somewhere. Uh, so yeah, wheels up media.com and you just click on the voiceover tab. And on there, I also have tabs for my, uh, my blog, my online work and can photography and all that other stuff. But, um, but yeah, just click on the voiceover tab and I have my, my demos, which reminds me I need to upload, uh, upload my, de- my new demo to my demo player on that site. So yes. So we can all see it and just yes. some, um, some industry lingo for y'all listening. VO is more. 
SOT or SOT is sound on tape. And when we, in, in TV, your entire news story is made up of VO and SOTs. So a SOT, sound on tape in the TV world, is when you see somebody talking in a story. Like you see them and you hear them. A VO is when you hear the voice over video. You don't see the person talking. So there's there's your lesson of the day in addition to all of the knowledge that Sylvia just spilled. Um, Sylvia, we have a lot to link to. We have a lot of resources. Yay. So thank you so much. Is <laughs> oh, there anything you. else you want to add that I should have asked? No, just uh, yeah, remember that voiceover is just like any other job in uh, in the media industry and that it's very, very, very competitive, extremely mm. competitive. And especially because of COVID, you've had a lot of screen actors and theater actors who are not working anymore and now trying to get into the voice industry. So you've had an influx of a lot of people. So the tr- focus on the training, the education, just like acting, the education is uh, nonstop. And don't forget that you can always, always get better and just to invest in yourself and make sure that you practice and practice and uh, and join community. Make sure you uh, talk to other people in your industry and become friends and make those connections uh, because there's always something new to learn and there's always something out there to help you become better as a voice actor. Amazing. Thank you, Sylvia. Thank you. Lots to link to in this episode. I am sharing links to all of those resources, those pay-to-play sites where you can get yourself some VO gigs, as well as Sylvia's website and her social media so you can check out what she is doing around the world in her wheelchair and in the voiceover actors world. I'm so thankful Sylvia took the time to chat with us about this topic that has never been covered, and she did it amazingly. One one of my favorite interviews, honestly. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week for another episode. Make sure you tap that subscribe button if you haven't already. So you will be notified every time I release a new episode here on Become a Media Maven. And before I go, don't forget, I have that other podcast called Christina Reads All Day. That's like the fun one where I pull the audio from my YouTube videos. When I'm doing my book reviews, I read about a book a week. And I write a review for ChristinaAllDay.com. And then I shoot a book review for my YouTube channel just because it's fun for me. It's my little passion project. So if you're a reader, you can listen to that while you're here on the podcast at Christina Reads All Day. And there's no spoilers. I don't share any spoilers. So it's safe. I won't tell you what's happening. Don't worry. Thank you for listening. Catch me at Christina All Day on social media. And I will see you again soon.